How many of you can say that you've been froze into your job, forced to work, another, a whole, a whole nother, uh, you know, a whole nother shift, and still woke up before you go back in for your next shift to record your podcast? Probably not a lot of you. It doesn't matter. That's what's going to be the highlight of today. It's probably not going to be the longest FritzCast episode. It, it might not even be the best FritzCast episode uh, because I'm running on four hours of sleep. So let's let's just tune in and see how it goes. How about that? All right? I'm not even going to ramble off the topics that I'm going to go over. We're just going to dive in and do it. So, get ready. Tighten your seatbelts. I'm drinking lots of coffee. And possibly doing cocaine. Because this is FritzCast. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn because it's Monday, August 7th, 2017. And it is 12.30 in the afternoon. This is exactly how my last 24 hours have gone. Ready? I have, let's see, uh, Sunday was Monday for me. So I I had my first Friday, Saturday off. Beautiful set of days to have off. Beautiful semi-weekend because, get this, Friday. Nobody's actually out during the day doing anything. So that's kind of cool. It's not a bothersome thing. Nobody's in your way. Nobody's bugging you. Nobody's in your business. It's a great day to have off. Excellent day to have off. In the evening time, I'm sure people are kicking up and doing stuff, and that's not necessarily a bad thing, uh, because now you're not doing it on a Monday night or a Tuesday night looking like a real freaking weirdo. So there's that. Saturday, me and the missus just kind of lazed about, enjoying the day, uh, even spent some time outside, and then we decided, you know, hey, let's hit up Home Depot, buy a bunch of stuff, and work on the backyard, which we did. I tore up my old fire pit, completely gutted it out, uh, bought 150 pounds or more of sand, and dumped it you know, into the base of my fire pit. Bought, uh, I, I've had bricks. I dug up tons and tons of bricks, if you remember from last year, or immediately after I bought the house. Uh, I was digging up tons of bricks, digging up this old patio that they put in the back berm, of the backyard. So I have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of bricks. So I already used those for my fire pit. Yeah, I just reused them. Big, big whoop. Laid them out, made my fire pit a little bit tighter. Uh, my wife came up with the brilliant idea of putting gaps in two layers of the bricks. Just gaps to bring in air to fuel the fire, so to speak. Bought new sets of base rock to put inside the pit and bought nice white marble chips rocks uh, to pour around the outside for you know the aesthetically pleasing look you know now it looks awesome uh, except we didn't buy enough rocks for the outside of it so it's half rock and half sand (laughs) so we have to go back to Home Depot and buy rocks fat chance of that happening anytime soon because I just got froze oh yeah that's right I didn't explain that okay so Sunday Sunday's nice too because you can go you can go you can go out Friday night. If you want to do a, a weekend vacation with this set of days off, it's perfect. You go out Friday night. Yeah, come back Sunday. 
around like 2 o'clock in the afternoon so that you can get ready for your shift at work. It's, it's awesome. It works out, works out greatly. So I went to work Sunday in the afternoon after having you know a nice, what felt like almost an extended weekend. It wasn't, obviously, but it was still nice. Had a mostly uneventful shift except for the part where my shift commander called me up and said, Hey, you are on the freeze list. And I said, okay. okay you know, uh, He's Jamaican, so he's like, Hey, you know, they got you on the freeze list. Okay, uh, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, you, you, you're number eight. Okay, yeah, number eight. That's not bad. But they say they need ten. Okay, I guess I'm kind of screwed. Whatever. I was assuming this, this is what happens. They give you what number you are on the list. You kind of toy around with the idea. You're like, ah, they're not going to need eight people, are they? They froze like ten. Ten to fifteen people. I don't have the exact numbers, and I don't really care about the exact numbers. I, just because I'm... I, I did it. It's done. It's out of the way. Um, working on twelve to eight is excruciating. There's there's nothing to do. It's a game of staying awake. Uh, it drags on forever. I can tell you this much. I learned last night that I really I really do. I'm talking cars now, and and I don't know why I'm talking cars. Probably because uh, I just don't give uh, a crap. Right now, I was looking up the. I've, I I have. I'm a Kia guy. This is a Kia family, so to speak. I have a Kia Soul, a 2011 Kia Soul, that I'm I'm rather growing. You know, I I like the car. I really do like the car. I like the look of it. Yes, it's it's a boxy, rectangularish car or whatever. But I like the look of it. I like its performance very much. I've surprised friends with it because they're like that that little dinky car then they get into it and drive it and they're like wow that four cylinder engine really does pack a punch it's weird it is weird i do like that car it's just my wife we got we we got we got we leased uh 2017 kia sorento for her it's a big suv um very fuel efficient for its size just in comparison We've had a Buick Rendezvous. It's actually sitting in my driveway rotting. I need to go to the DMV, obtain a new title for it, and donate it because it either has a blown head gasket or it needs a new water pump. I don't really know. The, end, the, 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 the main point here is that we want to get rid of it. It's taking up space now. It did its job. It was kind of cool. Now it's not kind of cool. It's lame. So... She got the Sorento, made sense. She was the one due up for a new car, and you know, she, so it, and it was the first time we've ever leased a car. It was the first time we ever got a brand new, you know, this year making model car, and it made me insanely jealous. I'm, I'm, I, I can admit, it made me jealous. She has a backup cam. She has a fancy center console. She has Bluetooth audio connection. No need for an auxiliary port to listen to your music. You can just jack up on your Bluetooth, which stunned me. She has a backup camera, all these bells and whistles, and it made me jealous. Now the car that I'm eyeballing from Kia, like I've bounced around different ones. I can go with anyone. I could, I could get. Just the the updated Kia Soul and be happy, except I'm feeling kind of a drag on the on the car now. 
it is what it is. One of the things that I've been eyeballing is the Kia Nero. This is a crossover hybridish type of it, it's it's a hybrid. I can't say it's hybrid ish. It's a hybrid. Uh, it's a dual engine it has an electric engine plus a gas engine and the electric engine charges through regenerative braking which is some crazy like you'd have to be on really heavy you know really you'd have to be on really heavy drugs to understand how it all works I'm pretty sure apparently braking helps recharge the battery and up to you know certain speeds and all that the electric engine handles things before it kicks over to the gas engine it's actually it's for a car. It's got uh, for a hybrid car. It's got rave reviews. Uh, they're calling it Kia's uh, Prius Killer because it has way better style than the Toyota Prius. It actually gets better gas mileage than the Toyota Prius. And why would you want to get a Prius? It's a freaking Prius. Did you ever think of that? You probably didn't. Probably didn't have that in your mind, but it's a freaking Prius. Why would you buy one of those? That's a Jeff Dunham powder blue freaking, you know. I did see a blue Prius. But it is, it's just a really nice car. And with the recent interview I did downstate, which would, you know, open up my trekking, so to speak, to work, it made me think, like, eh, yeah, I do have a little bit left to be, to, to be paid on the Kia Soul, but if you could roll it over into a reasonable lease of a Kia Nero because it gets you between 45 and 50 miles to the gallon combined, like, why wouldn't you just go with that? Why wouldn't you just go with the better, you know, more fuel-efficient, flashy, you know, and then my wife can be jealous for once. I don't know. It, it is what it is, but that's just, that's that's how I spent some of my night thinking like you know would I want a Kia Nero yes no maybe so I don't know now that I'm thinking about cars too I forgot to mention that on Friday I went to my mom's house and uh, we have a there's a bedroom in there that's a guest room now but the closet in there has just been a collection of mine and you know, half of my siblings stuff that doesn't have space or place in my mom's house anymore. So I started digging out boxes, and I came across some cool little trinket things that I got to bring home. One of them was, I have this little, well, it's not, it's actually a decent size. I think it's 116th scale. might be a little bit larger than that. Uh, Die-cast model of the Back to the Future DeLorean from Back to the Future Part 2. Uh fully <laughs> the, you know the little gall wing doors open up that's cool as hell you can open up the front trunk space because the engine's in the back of a DeLorean uh, I used to be obsessed with DeLoreans I still kind of am uh, I don't have money to get one though I really don't they're de and the sad thing is I don't know if you guys knew this they're doing a DeLorean restoration project um for the car, there was some recent legislation passed on on how cars could, how they could, you know, how how car makers could manufacture. Uh, I, I don't know why it took me so long to dig at those words, but if you go on DeLorean.com, you will see there's a project area 
Yes. So if you find this section, it is uh, low-volume production of DeLorean cars. I'm going to read a couple paragraphs for you real quick and try to not make this boring. Uh, for nearly five decades, the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, NHTSA, has not distinguished between a company producing millions of cars and a small business making a few custom cars. NHTSA's one-size-fits-all approach meant that these companies, these small companies, were subject to the same regulations and paperwork burdens as the large automakers that mass-produce vehicles. In December 2015, the language from the Low-Volume Motor Vehicle Manufacturers Act, LVMVMA, also known as H.R. 2675, which creates a reasonable regulatory structure allowing small companies to produce a limited number of completed replica motor vehicles that resemble the appearance of cars produced 25 years ago or more, was inserted to the Federal Highway Bill, H.R. 22, and signed into law. Now, just, just, you know, just real quick, if you ever... If you ever wondered why, you know, oh, Fritz is always so anti-government, he's always talking about how the government needs to be smaller, and that's ridiculous. What I just read was a little ridiculous, was it not? How many acts? This was like three different laws that you had to span through to figure out how the DeLorean Motor Company can now start producing cars. Going on. The new law provides common sense regulatory relief for small businesses that would otherwise be treated as if they were producing millions of cars. The companies are required to register with the NHTSA and the EPA and file annual production reports. The replica vehicles will be subject to equipment standards, recalls, and remedies. The vehicles must meet current Clean Air Act standards for the model year in which they are produced. The new law allows the low-volume vehicle manufacturer to meet the standards by installing an engine and emissions equipment produced by another automaker, like GM or Ford, for a similar EPA-certified vehicle configuration or a crate engine that has been granted a California Air Resources Board, CARB, executive order. This reasonable regulatory reform will also spur innovation including advances in the alternative fuel and green vehicle technologies. This was something that I didn't know that was going on uh, because I'm a little obsessed with DeLorean cars. I would love to buy one. And, you know, the DeLorean Motor Company never actually died. It, it stayed as a small business working on because they were the only ones that could work on DeLorean vehicles. So everybody that rushed out and bought one because of Back to the Future, which there was quite a few people who did, they needed somewhere to go for parts and for manufacturing and all that jazz. And that's what kept the DeLorean Motor Company alive as a small business. Now, because of these three, four, five, seventeen government laws that work in tandem now, they can now actually produce brand new 2017 DeLorean vehicles on a small scale. And if you actually go onto their blog that's provided on the website, they... Uh, they have a couple of locations. They have a Texas location, Florida, Midwest, Northwest, California, and they are getting ready to roll out a very, very small scale. We're talking one car per month, if that scale. And they have you can sign up and say that you're, you know, you're interested in buying one when it's ready, and they'll tell you what's up. They'll keep you posted. They'll put you on a preference list. It's pretty amazing that you could do that now. 
Uh, unfortunately, I'm not rich, number one, and my wife would never, ever let me... Sorry, that was my alarm to wake me up if I didn't wake up in time today. Uh, my wife would never, ever let me buy a DeLorean. Ever. So unless I get filthy stinking rich... That's really the only way it's going to happen if I get filthy stinking rich. That's the only way I'll get a DeLorean. So, in the meantime, I'm forced to kind of just look over at my little diecast model here and dream about it. But it is what it is. Some of the other trinkets I picked up from my mom's, cause since I'm rambling here, uh, in my corner here, I have my awesome layout that I was going to expand by 9 billion different pieces, uh, but only got as far as I did. It's a model of the Liberty Bell from you know, Independence Hall, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Love the Liberty Bell. Been there several different times. Been to Independence Hall several different times. And I have it surrounded by cannons. I have a I have a, a field cannon from the Civil War era. I have a Revolutionary War era cannon. I have uh, one little cannon that belongs on a boat. Uh, I love the cannons. I love the artillery of yesteryear, so to speak. Big, loud boomsticks, what they are. Very cool models. Have them set up in my in my corner on my desk, which I'm now referring to as Liberty's Corner. Uh, Liberty's Corner is defended by, well, three model cannons. So it's not going very far. But I also got to pick up um, these nice little pistol sets my mom bestowed upon me um my father actually made one for every kid in the family so i actually have mine and my sister who uh passed away i believe uh i have a duck bill it's a black powder duck bill gun it 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 is exactly what it sounds like it has three barrels that it could shoot out of and it looks like a duck bill that's pretty cool if you ask me Pretty cool, and then I got the single shot one. The, the cool thing about them too is that they they must have been kits that my dad could have done. I believe that's what they were. They have his initials inscribed on them. And then in this box, there's this box over here. I might post a picture of this one. This is my grand prize, so to speak. Um, this I have this box with a dueling flintlock black powder pistol with all the fixings kit as well. And this in this nice box that my father made. Do-it-yourself kit. I, I, I want to do some do-it-yourself kits now uh, for black powder rifles, uh, a couple of different cannons I have in mind. Uh, it's fully fireable. Uh, it's an amazing piece of work, and again, has his initials has his initials uh, in silver inscribed on this dueling pistol. It's a very, very great piece that I'm proud to have possession of. And then I found a bunch of junk. I found a box of junk of stuff that's years old, uh, uh, sitting up on my uh, sitting up on my counter over there where I have all my CDs and stuff. Is uh, a replica of the WWE World Heavyweight Championship belt, giant belt, not fancy metal one. It was a commemorative plastic one, but still, it's roughly the same size, and it's kind of cool just to walk around and be like, "I'm the champ, baby. I'm the champ, baby." So how about uh how about some quick hits for news? 
and these might be brief. These these might be bullet point touch-ups for what it's worth. Now, uh, you might remember a couple weeks ago, a month ago, whenever it was, we went over Michelle Carter, the uh, the girl who urged her boyfriend to take his own life. Uh, we did read some of those text messages on this program. We, uh, we, I believe we all came to the conclusion that Michelle Carter is a pathetic excuse for a human being, which, I mean, absolutely she is. She was sentenced to 15 months. That is correct. Uh, she faced up to 20 years in prison as a youth offender, but was sentenced to 15 months in jail. Uh, she will remain out of custody pending appeals. She, or Roy, her her boyfriend, reportedly battled depression, recorded private video diaries in which he said he felt had felt he had made a monster of himself over the past two years. He met Carter when they were both visiting relatives in Florida. They kept in touch. Early in the relationship, Roy told Carter he was planning to kill himself and sent her pictures of a noose hanging from a tree and a gun and even hinted that, he, that they could act together like Romeo and Juliet. Uh, over two years... She encouraged him to seek help and said he had so much to live for. She was also hospitalized for an eating disorder and took antidepressants. At the end of the day, you have a tale of two young people. She was 20 and Carter... Oh, at the time she was 17. Uh, And Roy was 18. She was 17, Roy was 18. So the court case they built up was that she, you know, encouraged his death and was responsible for it. At the end of the day, I don't believe that she was responsible for it. I think claiming she was responsible for him committing suicide is a little bit steep. However, that doesn't take away from the fact that she's a pathetic human being. The fact that you could sit there and urge somebody to take their life. The fact that you could sit there and kind of toy with it, like, you're a pansy, you're not going to do it. Uh, And to urge him to get back into the car, there was that whole question of uh, personal responsibility on Roy's part to realize that he was in a toxic relationship with with this girl and step away from it, but... It, you know, was he in his right mind? I guess obviously he was not in his right mind. N- Michelle Carter wasn't in her right mind. You have a tale of two people who were very, very flawed in the head. Uh, if anything, in in my in my book, that's the way that I'm seeing it. Um, yeah, you, you can read all these little snippets of people saying that you know Michelle Carter has a damaged moral core. Uh, you know, I I I can agree with that to an extent. And as far as the as far as the court proceedings and and how much time she got, it's a big like libertarian thing that they're going over with it. And as far as I'm concerned, did she have some criminal liability in it? She egged him on. She did egg him on, and it's a different case between talking about free speech versus you know egging somebody on to do something that. You know, yes, personal responsibility does play a big key, but she didn't help out in this case, is what I'm saying. So she was sentenced to 15 months in prison. 
now there's you know the whole appeals process and and, uh, and all that jazz going on so there's no other updates to give on that front consider c- concerning that uh now an an interesting story that came up listening to Glenn Beck over the past week a story that astonished me and you might not actually know some a lot of people don't actually know the story of it because uh, how things gain national attention and what's taking you know what's what's at the forefront what's in the spotlight it's hard to be in the spotlight when you have you know the greatest president on the face of God's green earth working hard making America great again fighting all the fake news that's being reported about me 24/7 it's hard to take the spotlight away from you know Donald Trump but Glenn Beck was talking about this story. Her name is Amy Fabrini. And Eric Ziegler. And the couple, this couple has lost custody of their son, Christopher, soon after he was born. Five months ago, their newborn son, Hunter, was taken from them at the hospital at which he was born by the state. Both babies are currently in the foster care system. Now I'm reading this from the Daily Wire, but there are numerous websites that you can go on and read about this story. Um, the Department of Human Services took both of the kids. These parents have not been found guilty of any abuse or neglect they were taken. This is an Oregon couple, so in, in the state of Oregon. Listen to this quote from the Oregonian. Quote, No abuse or neglect has been found, but each parent has a degree of limited cognitive abilities. Rather than build a network of support around them, the state child welfare agency has moved to terminate the couple's parental rights and make the boys available for adoption. Psychological evaluations recorded in court documents reveal that Fabrini's IQ is 72, making her, quote, extremely low to borderline range of intelligence. Ziegler scored a 66, placing him at a mild range of intellectual disability. On Just, just for... Just for an on-average number, an average IQ score is anywhere between 90 and 110. Uh, according to court documents, Ziegler sometimes slept with the baby on the floor and almost rolled over him. is easily frustrated and often forgets to feed his dog. Ziegler says his dog is well-fed and perhaps overweight. Both parents formerly held jobs but are currently unemployed, though Ziegler now receives Social Security benefits due to his disability. Quote, I have a learning disability, but it's very, very mild, explains Ziegler. He says he learns at a slower pace than others, but notes that everybody learns at their pace. The couple resides in a three-bedroom, 1,200-square-foot home owned by Ziegler's parents who live out of state. Ziegler has a driver's license. Both have standard high school diplomas. Quote, I love kids. I was raised around kids. My mom was a preschool teacher for 20-plus years, and so I've always been around kids, said Fabrini, 31. That's the mother. That's my passion. I love to do things with kids, and that's what I want to do in the future, something that has to do 
with kids. Fabrini's father, Raymond Fabrini, 74, claims his daughter is unfit for motherhood. Quote, she doesn't have the instincts to be a mother, he said. Quote, me and Amy were never close, he added. She got me mad so many times she wouldn't do nothing. But the couple has also received support from strangers and advocates who see, who's seen them parent firsthand. Um, quote, they are saying they are intellectually incapable without any guidelines to go by, said Shireen Hagenbach. Hagenbach is a professional mediator and on the board of health families and, uh, and the high desert. The board of healthy families of the high desert. My bad. She also volunteered for the state and oversaw visits with a couple and their first child last summer. According to the Oregonian, after Hagenbach, quote, told state caseworkers she thought the couple was capable of raising Christopher, she recalls she was told her volunteer services were no longer needed. Quote, they're saying that this foster care provider is better for the child because she could provide more financially, provide better education, things like that, said the advocate. Quote, if we're going to get that on that train, Bill Gates should take my children. There's always somebody better than us, so it's a very dangerous position to be in. At the end of the day, aside from that whole sleeping on the floor with a baby thing, which, by the way, does kill children, I'm not going to say periodically, maybe moderately. Um, other than that, you got to go listen to some of these interviews by Amy Fabrini because you hear... You hear these things like, well, they, she has a low IQ, and she's unfit to be the parent, so we, the state, are going to take the child, put the child into foster care, because we know damn well what's best. Go listen to some of the interviews. Glenn Beck interviewed her, and I was astonished. I heard the story, and, I, you know, shame on me for hearing the story and hearing that it was about a low IQ mother and expecting... A stereotype when listening to her, expecting to hear somebody who was not intelligent and somebody who was was different. Because in the interview, I swear to God, if you didn't give me the information that she has an IQ of 72 and has low intelligence, I wouldn't have been able to tell. I really wouldn't have been able to tell. And that part of me... Part of me was a little disgusted with myself after I heard it. Just because of how I judged it. How I had preconceived notions that I was already holding before hearing the woman speak. And then after hearing her speak, I'm very troubled by the entire story. Anything where the government can come in and say, we're the deciding factor in that. We're the ones who, who decides that. We're the ones who know best with that. No. No, you're not. You are not the ruler of the land. You are not God. You are the government. You're here to secure and protect the rights of the people, not determine whether they're fit for them or not. In my case, there might be more angles or aspects to the story, but I urge you to check it out. Amy Fabrini. Just Google low IQ mom. You will find all the stories that there are to read on it. I find it. I, I'm just saying. I'm, I find it a little disturbing. I really and truly do find it a little disturbing. 
And I think if you read into it too and look at it, you you probably find it a little disturbing as well. Now, rather than dive into like Donald Trump bull crap going on right now, because I don't feel like it, I will say this. The, the other thing I want to urge you to do, look up on YouTube. There was a there was Politicon not too long ago. And during Politicon, and I'm, I'm actually going to finish listening to this after I after I finish this up and post it online for you. So it was Politicon 2017. It is a debate between Ben Shapiro and Senk Uger of the Young Turks. And they debate a variety of issues from identity politics to healthcare at Politicon. Uh, it's over, well over, a, uh, it's about an hour long. Not over an hour long, it's about an hour long. And it is a very intriguing, intense debate between two people who have very key differences in political philosophies. I always challenge people to listen to people that they don't really like. And Sank Uger, for me, that's somebody that I don't like. Um, and Ben Shapiro is somebody that I do like. And I drop Ben Shapiro's name to people, and they have their own preconceived notions from what they've read on the internet or a, a sound bite that they've heard, uh, among other things. I urge you to go listen to this debate, and all you have to do is type in, uh, go, go onto YouTube, for example, and type in, Politicon 2017, Ben Shapiro, and it'll bring up the clips, or Sank Uger. That's C-E-N-K-U-Y-G-U-R. You can watch the full debate. No commercials, no ads, no nothing. At your leisure, you can listen to it. And so far, I've, I've, gone, I've gotten about halfway through it. Very intriguing debate, though. Need to tell you to uh, listen to it. And, uh... On that note, nope, I'm not done yet. I'm not out yet. On that note, this is very interesting, very sidebarish of me to do. Um, how do you guys feel about cover songs? You guys listen to music, and yet, you know, typically this is how I find it happens. You have a favorite band, and your band uh, on their latest album or whatever they put out, uh, they put out one cover song. I think covers are kind of cool uh, if it, if they're done right. I don't per, I don't prefer covers. I really don't. Um, and in terms of things like entire albums that are covers, ugh, we're going into tacky territory. I don't really like it. However, every once in a while, every once in a while, there's something to break the mold. There is this group that's putting out uh, a cover album. It might actually be out already. Now, uh, you know, if you're a metalhead, <clears throat> you might be more used to covers than others. Um, so uh, here's the project. I'm getting this mostly from Amanda Somerville's uh, Wikipedia page, but it is what it is. I'll give you all the information here. Um, so they're calling the group Exit Eden. It is for ladies of heavy metal. Amanda Somerville, who's probably the queen of all things heavy metal from Europe, or in the European scene, rather. Uh, she's done so many projects, I can't even begin to list all the projects that she's worked on. 
um, along with uh, Clementine Delaney from Visions of Atlantis, Serenity, Melted Space, Kai Hansen and Friends, Marina La Toraca, who replaced Amanda Somerville in uh, festival shows of Avantasia in their 2016 world tour. Avantasia is a band thrown together, mega group from my favorite heavy metal singer, Tobias Samet from Germany. Big mega band, Avantasia. And uh, completely newcomer, Anna Brunner. All these ladies, all these ladies, all these ladies of heavy metal. Uh, Quoting from the page now, The band was conceived with the plan to show the world that almost every classic song can be transformed into a solid metal rock song, a concept similar to Finland's Northern Kings. The track list of their debut album, called Rhapsodies in Black, Features some pop hits such as Madonna's Frozen, Adele's Skyfall, Lady Gaga's Paparazzi, um, also including Total Eclipse of the Heart, uh, among other hits. And two of the tracks feature Simone Simmons from Epica as well. It's the ladies of heavy metal, man, and uh, the album is out now, I do believe, but you can look it up. Exit Eden, Rhapsodies in Black, if covers are your thing, or spins on covers are your thing, check them out. How cool is that? Yeah. All right. So, that's going to do it for me. I know it was a little light on the politics. We might kick up with an episode this Friday, seeing as I'm off, and I can backtrack, so to speak, and, and catch up from a crazy, hectic week that I'm going to have here. So, guys, thanks for listening. Like this, share this, comment on it. Uh, And check out the blog at fritzcast.wordpress.com. There was no blog update last week, but something's in the works as we speak on that. Remember, the Facebook page is facebook.com slash thefritzcast. And as always, I am on Twitter at... Fritz QS. I love you, love, peace, chicken grease, and I'll see you all maybe at the end of this week. See ya.